Welcome to Woman on the Go. My name is Fee Moderman, health and fitness passionista and mother to three young children. And each week I bring you inspiring and motivating stories from women just like you and I to help you discover how to create the balance of being the absolute best version of yourself in this modern day world whilst juggling the everyday life of being a woman on the go. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get moving. Here today with Steph Dalton, who I've known for a couple of years and who's been coming to boot camp and I've watched her, well I didn't watch her get pregnant, but <laughs> I've seen Not Steph go, <laughs> go from one child to two children and I really admire, you know, her take on life and fitness and health, so I invited Steph to come and talk today. So Steph, you lead the way, tell us a bit more about yourself. Uh, hi everyone, I'm Steph Dalton and I'm 30 three years old, so I keep forgetting now. Um, so I'm a mother of two daughters and I'm a, a teacher, so I'm quite lucky that I can have more flexible hours with my job, but um, I'm still struggling to, to get everything in balance and I've been back at work for about seven weeks now. So how old are your children again? Your uh, three and one. Three and one. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, if we go back to the beginning with you, like what was your childhood like when you started you know, growing up and stuff, what was your take on health and fitness and where did you grow up and things like that? Okay, um, I was born in Auckland but moved to New Plymouth when I was four and um, I come from a, a long line of netballers, so netball was the mm. sport of choice in my family, so um, my grandmother and my mother and my auntie and my cousins are all netballers, um, so that was kind of my sporting background and a, a bit of swimming here and there and a bit of golf when I was... 15, 16, and um, yeah, a lot more team sports probably than individual. Yeah. Yeah, so always having, you know, kind of people around you to motivate you and set times that you would exercise and things like that. So it was never a struggle for you to get out and move and stuff because it was something you enjoyed? Like yeah, definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, and definitely the, the social aspects of sport as well. You notice that a lot of schools are kind of taking on sporting principles in their teaching now as well because they, they definitely see the benefit that it has on students too. Interesting. So what does that mean? What do you mean? Um, like sport benefits? and education. Some schools will have certain classes that are all around sporting elements, so competition and teamwork and all that kind of stuff, and they'll actually get out of the classroom and, yeah, the curriculum is all based around movement and that kind of stuff. And it's not a PE class? No, in there. it could be English, which is my subject that I teach, yeah. but you know, you could take them outside and do like um, glossary terminology mix and match type activities where they have to run and all that kind of stuff. Ah, interesting. So they've taken the fact that kids will learn better and have more fun if they're... Definitely more engagement. More engagement. And yeah, the, just the movement and you know, if the kids have to sit for an hour five times a day... You know, that's they don't cope with that, especially boys. So, yeah. I had no idea that that was even a thing still. I always thought it was a good idea, but I didn't realise that schools yeah. were implementing it. Yeah, so, that was so awesome. sorry, I took you on a tangent. That's cool. But, I mean, it's coming back to the fact that you did the team sports because it was fun. Yeah. And it kept you yeah. moving. So when, when did you stop doing team sports and things? Uh, I got a job when I was 16. So I was working at the weekends. So, you know, uh, Saturday 8 till 5 kind of job. And then... Yeah. You know, they'd all sometimes ask you to work on a Sunday as well. So you didn't have the time to play netball on a Saturday morning or things like that. So I think I joined a gym, if I remember rightly, when I was about 17 and kind of 
went there and looked like I was doing something. <laughs> <laughs> so, Made a donation every week. And, did you Did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, but it was all no class stuff. It was yeah. all like me doing my own thing, and yeah, it was all very token. Yeah. Yeah, just so I could say to my friends at school that I went to the gym. <laughs> And did you ever, like you mentioned before we started talking, that you were always the skinny girl growing up that never had to worry about food and things. So was that, when did that start coming into your life, if at all? Yeah, I think, yeah, I just ate what I wanted, really. There was no kind of, it was probably an age thing as well. Um, but yeah, when I, my first year at university, I uh, put on the, the five to ten <laughs> kgs that you do. So I was in the hostel and I've always been quite a bit of a fussy eater. So, you know, you're, you're given food that you might not like and then they'd have like a buffet table of pasta and white bread and a little bit of salad, but it looked like it had been at the bottom of the barrel for about three days. And um, yeah, so I just filled up on that or we'd go back to the dorm rooms and order dominoes or, you know, it was all <laughs> takeaways and crap and then wash down with beer or wine or vodka. Or <laughs> I did exactly the same thing. Mine was the fussy eating but the overeating type, yeah, in the dorm in the first year and definitely put on a lot of weight <laughs> at that point. So what happened after that first year? So you put on five, ten kilos, the fresh of five. Yeah. So then what did you have to do to, did you lose that? Did you stay at above where you were as a teenager or... See, I hardly remember now, but I probably kept it on and then went flatting. And then if I was going to name that part of my life as a chapter from a book, it would probably be many ways with mince, you know? Like, <laughs> so how many dishes can you make with mince? And yeah, so my cooking skills weren't the greatest. And so you went for the easy stuff, which wasn't the healthiest. And yeah. Did it, did it, was it a focus for you though? Like the fact that you put on weight, did it, did it even bother you at all? Um, not really. It was just, yeah, part of life and, yeah. yeah. That in itself is amazing that it didn't even face I feel, you. I feel like I probably fluctuated quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, your pants would get tight, then you'd go to the gym or walk to uni a few times and then they'd get looser and then they'd get tight again. But, you know, just kind of depended on how many times you went out that week and what you ate and, yeah. So you managed to kind of keep yourself within like a, a balance without getting obsessive about it? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty impressive actually, because <laughs> a lot of people put it on or they keep it on and, and things. So were you worried about your health at all? Was it health a focus? Like you've said many ways with mittens. So were you thinking about how the the fitness and the food might have an impact on your health, or it was nothing? No, I was just it was eating just... food to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't conscious thought. Yeah, my my health it. focus has got bigger as I've got older. Interesting. Why, why do you think that is? energy levels I'd say like when you you've got kids and you've got to get up early and get ready and get to work and you know you don't have as much time to sit and eat you're kind of throwing stuff down so you want stuff that gives you a bit more power with it to get you through the day and then when you get home there's still more to do when you get home so you yeah you definitely need a lot more fuel so what have you noticed then about the types of food that you were eating now compared to then in terms of the energy that you need? Uh, less packaged sauces. Yeah. <laughs> less pasta and rice. Um, more whole grain breads. Probably less bread. Less bread. Um, and yeah, a lot more fruit and veggies. Yeah. Yeah. So had, when you had your children and your first daughter, who's three, um, was that, how did that affect you in terms of your body and your, and your fitness and, and things? 
Well, the first three months after having number one child was all about eating the things that I couldn't eat when I was pregnant. <laughs> so <laughs> really was cheese and ham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, donuts with fresh cream and things like that. Um, yeah, I think I've always given myself time to bounce back from pregnancy. I've realised that it's not something that's going to happen straight away. And like, even though you see the celebrities looking fit as when they walk out of the, the hospital, like that, yeah, that's not realistic at all. So it was more about getting myself together mentally first before yeah. then I could go on that journey and just gentle exercise, going for walks and, yeah. How did you get yourself together mentally first? What did you... Did, was this something that you used, a strategy, a way of being? That's really interesting. Lots of crying. <laughs> <laughs> just letting your emotions out. Yeah, like. well, that, that, after your first child, it's such a kick in the face, you know? Like, you, you see people with their babies, and you're like, oh, that's so cute, and they sleep, and then you go to put your child down for a sleep, and then you realise, well, sometimes they are so tired that they combat that by not going to sleep and then get more tired. Um, yes, yeah, so it was really hard, but um, lots of support support from my husband and my family, um, you know, calling people up in tears and saying, what do I do? And, um, yeah, my, my mum and my sister have always been really good at coming up, you know, those first few weeks when the baby's been born and helping out with the kind of everyday stuff so you can focus on that, yeah. Amazing. So how did the exercise help you? You said you did gentle exercise and lots of walking and stuff. Did that yeah. help? Yeah. Well, after number one, I had a third degree tear. So exercise wasn't really a priority mm. because it hurt so much. And I went back to work when Izzy was 10 months old. And after about two months, I had some workmates that said, oh, should we join this boot camp at, you know, at six weeks and it's a good price and... Um, <laughs> I thought, okay, yep, yep, we'll do it, because we were doing September, so I was doing that, so I was doing a lot more walking, and I was like, yeah, I can do this, and went to boot camp, met you, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, it just made me realise that actually I can do some high intensity working out, but obviously with modifications, Yeah. and um, I've probably been the fittest I've ever been, so yeah, when I got pregnant with number two, I was you know, at a size that I was quite happy with, I was fit, um, and then I went back to square one again, because I felt so rubbish, yeah. so exercise wasn't a priority, and just getting through the day at work while pregnant became a priority. <laughs> yeah, so do, do you find though that exercise is your time out, like do you use it as a time out, or as a mental coping strategy in, in life, and being with a, yeah, you know, as a mother? Yeah, a mental work? coping strategy, and my husband and I don't really count exercises like free time because if, if that's all you do, you never get some time to, to yourself yeah. either. So, um, yeah, I aim for two boot camp sessions a week and then, you know, a couple of runs if I can. Yeah. Um, but I don't tend to put too much pressure on myself if I don't hit that goal. You know, I just put it down, okay, I've had a bad week, well, I'll do better next week. Or, you know, if I know that I can't, do my goal for that week, well, I'll just keep my eating a little bit tighter this week or I won't have as many beers on Friday night or <laughs> things like that. So try and just balance it. So, and you find that that works, like that you, and it sounds like you did that naturally when you were younger. So is, is it almost like you're employing those strategies again now? So I'd say so, yeah. And, you know, like if I have a 
go out and have a massive lunch or then I have a smaller dinner that night. I don't then go eat my normal portion that I would eat for dinner. Yeah, so I kind of listen to my body a little bit more. That's fantastic, and that's what I encourage all women yeah. or people to do is to learn to listen. So how do you think you got good at listening to your body? Oh, I just get bloated and feel crap if I eat too much. And, yeah, definitely, like, with being a teacher, if you sit there and have a really large, heavy meal, you just feel like you want to have a sleep in the afternoon and you're lethargic and then the kids feed off how you're feeling and then you have really crappy lessons and you just feel that finish the day feeling blah, so... So you, you just naturally started shifting your meals so that you got to that good energy for mm. the rest of the afternoon. And how did you learn to do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just listen to your body, I think. And, you know, you think, well, today I had that massive lasagna for lunch and it didn't work for me, so what could I have tomorrow? So, yeah, have a lot of leftovers um, for lunches at work because that's just easy. But then, you know, like the portion size, I'll definitely a lot smaller than what I normally would have for dinner yeah. and then like have a piece of fruit or something as well. So, yeah. It's, um, like, it's such a skill that a lot of people don't have and a lot of people have that big lunch and then they think, oh, you know, I've already ruined my plan or something and then they'll go and do something later in the day that's not really, mm. you know, for their health as well. So have you ever had to, have you ever struggled with that? I think wearing tighter pants helps because if you... <laughs> If you eat too much, you feel your stomach pushing on your pants, so then you're like, okay, that didn't work. (laughs) So if we go back to exercise, how did you learn to prioritise exercise into your life? How did you make it work? Because a lot of women, particularly mothers, and when you've got young babies, don't find the time to do it. So how did you make sure that you have found the time to exercise? I think it's that idea of letting go and handing over the reins to your partner. You know, like um, actually making it so you don't have to write a massive list every time you go out and do something for yourself. Like actually try and involve them in the everyday stuff so then they know the the layout of the day and, yeah, what they can feed the kids or what time they go to bed or, you know, and, and then you don't feel like you're so attached or so vital to the kids' lives. Obviously you are, yeah, but... I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, it makes it easier and um, I had a colleague at work say to me that it's actually good that your kids see you going off to exercise because then it kind of gets locked into their memory that mum goes out and mum exercises and, you know, mum looks after herself and mum has time for herself. And, you know, that's more important than your kids seeing you at home feeling trapped because you're too scared that your husband's going to put your kids down half an hour late or you know, or that you'll get home and they won't be asleep. Um, yeah, just do you, do your workout and then come home and deal with that afterwards because some nights you do that without having the workout anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, and how do you get past, like, sometimes you just don't feel like it. So what happens on those days? Do you just don't do a workout or you push yourself to do it? And if you do push yourself to do it, how do you do that? How do you, well, you get uh, Yeah, the last, what, six weeks I've had a friend start coming with me to boot camp and I think that is key. <laughs> <laughs> the support for you. Yeah, yeah. and it, it makes you accountable. So you know that your friend is going to pick you up at quarter to six or quarter to seven at night and that you will be there. And, you know, even like we get both get in the car and we'll say, oh, we really both didn't feel like coming tonight, but we did. And then afterwards, we're, we're glad that we went. And, you know, then you, you approach the next day feeling energized and, 
probably making healthier choices because you don't want to undo what you've done. <laughs> yeah, I totally hear you. Um, and so how did you do that without the support of a friend? So I know Steph's friend, um, <laughs> who she's talking about, and it definitely makes life easier if you've got the support and you've got a friend. But when you haven't had the friend, how have you managed to pick yourself up and get going? I think it's all the people at boot camp as well. You know, like once you get there, it's quite a cool social atmosphere and I think you're a lot to to um thank for that but um you know you you feel like you are actually getting out and socializing and catching up with other mums and you know just the conversations it's the same struggles that you go through as well and yeah it's cool what about when you need to go for a run so let's take me and boot camp out of the picture and you've got time to do workouts at home how do you do that because that's everybody's struggle yeah so how do you do it so after baby number two, because I'd built up my fitness and then after her, I was like, oh gosh, it's all gone now. <laughs> Where do I begin? I'm at day one. Um, so I joined up with your backyard boot camp and just started doing the 15 minute parts of the exercises and building my way up. Um, and then hus- my husband likes to run as well. I don't enjoy running. I, do- I run. But, um, <laughs> I'd run for my life if I had to, but yeah. um, we realised that getting out and going for a road run is quite hard, especially in winter, it's raining, um, he was running really late at night because he was helping me with the kids before he went and things like that, so we bought a treadmill and that's in our like converted garage thing, um, so we kind of did the maths in our heads and decided it was worth it versus like going to a gym where you know, sometimes you have to factor in an extra half an hour to get changed, drive there and then get home. Um, and then we, yeah, it's really easy to do it during the day or at night time. We just help each other out so we can go and do our 30, 40 minute runs or whatever. And um, I've had runs where I've set the kids in front of the TV down there while they eat their lunch or their dinner and I just run while they do that. So how do you make yourself a priority then in, in terms of the exercise and you work? Like, do, How many hours do you do a week? Um, essentially 40 hours, 40 hours. but yeah. I can leave. If I don't have a meeting, I can leave at 3.30. Yeah. But that extra time in the afternoon I don't spend on myself. That's like my time with my kids. Um, yeah, I think you just gotta you got to be cruel to yourself a little bit. Well, not like mean like, hey, Betty, get on the treadmill or whatever, but... <laughs> You know, like you've got to prioritise yourself. You've got to, you know, when I feel like I don't want to, to do any exercise, it's like, do it. is it because I can't or because I won't? And then it's like, well, okay, you just do it. Or I say to myself, do five minutes. Just go on, do five minutes, see how you feel. And usually after that five minutes, after some, you know, really motivating music, I'm kind of, okay, let's keep going. And um, yeah, so it's like five minutes, just do five minutes. That's fantastic advice, and it's something that I like to say is like, what's the least amount that you can commit yourself to? Yeah. And hence why I've been doing three minute videos and things as well mm. for that same reason. Um, and so that's fantastic advice for somebody that say that doesn't feel like it because sometimes you just don't feel like it, but you know you need to hit. Yeah. You know you need to go out and do it. So you, would you do the same thing? Like, let's just go for a walk for five minutes. Yep. And then. Hopefully, but and that five minutes, I can feel terrible, you know, to, to get through it. And I'm, I'm not the prettiest runner either, and I probably look a little bit like a rabbit. But I do it, and yeah, it's those endorphins, isn't it? And yeah, 
I know when we've done um, running at boot camp, you've always said like you just need those few minutes to get the ex- oxygen going through your body, and then you actually start to handle it a lot better. So, yeah, five minutes. <laughs> just five minutes, like just to add five minutes. That's fantastic. And so, what what do you find is the mental health benefit from making it a priority for you? So you're working forty hours. You try and do three to four times a week exercising. Mm-hmm. You're juggling two small children, preschoolers. You've got a husband. You've got community, family, wider above. So what's what's the biggest mental health benefit that you've got for taking time for yourself? It's the energy you get from it. Like you think, if I sat on the couch and watched TV and rested, you think that would give me energy. But it doesn't. It actually makes you more tired. So, yeah, you're better off having a bit of movement, getting that energy going, and you actually get way more done. You're more positive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I had a bad night on the Monday night with the kids, and I was feeling so tired, and I was just like, there's no point going to boot camp, and I had all this schoolwork to do, and I was like, oh, I'll just I'll stay at home, I'll do the schoolwork. I was like, no, no, go to boot camp. So I went to boot camp, and I got home, and I just blitzed the schoolwork in about an hour, where I think if I stayed home, I probably would have spent three or four hours all like, this is annoying. And then, yeah, so I achieved way more in my night just by throwing some exercise in. That's a really, really important factor that people often forget about. And I've heard that story, a version of your mm. what, story you just told um, numerous times, actually, for people that work in the evenings. Yeah. That they come out and, yes, they, they take you know time away from... Uh, their work to come and exercise but then they say when they go back they're just so much more productive exactly what you said that they do Mm. you know three hours work and one hour because they're thinking and uh, a lot clearly and things as well Um, so in your future what do you think going on and having turned this into a lifestyle do you see anything changing as you get older um, probably involving the kids a little bit more in what I do. So, you know, like I, I'd love as my kids as teenagers to come to boot camp with me or something like that or, um, you know, take them out running or my three-year-old wants to get on the treadmill already, but it's like, no, <laughs> that scares me too much. But, um, yeah, just more family involvement because I feel like at the moment if I exercise with the kids around, they're a lot more stationary. Yeah. So, you know, they'll be sitting or one's in the pram, one's, well, Izzy will walk or ride a balanced bike now, but watching her, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. a workout in itself saying, is she going to go over the edge at Hobsonville Point? Or, you know? yeah. Um, yeah, so more family type stuff, um, but also still prioritising that exercise for yourself as well. So what do you see as the benefits for having, keeping fit? So we've got you know, this um, society where we think we need to exercise and we need to have good health, but nobody really talks about why we need to do that. A lot of it comes down to we think we need to look good. But what is the benefit for you for being a fit, healthy mum that's a good role model? I don't have to buy new clothes. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite what I was meaning, but um, no, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, I I think for me it's, it's my frame of mind and approaching things with a more solutions-based mindset than just focusing on the problems and actually thinking, okay, this is the problem, but what can I do to fix it, rather than just always focusing on the problem and always having it come up again. So I find that, yeah, I just, I'm more positive, I've got the energy, um, I can get through the day, I still might have a coffee in the morning, but that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and I sleep well. Yeah. I get to the end of the day and I'm not lying in bed 
stressing, I'm, yeah, out like a light. Yeah. And so you envision your future with your family as being active, as being definitely. able to yeah. definitely keep up with those kids. Doesn't, you know, you're not going to be the, the mum sitting on the sidelines. You're going to be the mum in amongst it and yeah. encouraging them to keep active and live their best life Keep as well on. hopefully not being too embarrassing but <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so what are you most proud of about yourself very big question there yeah that is a big question um yeah I think my ability to try and stay positive no matter what happens it is blooming hard at times but you're always kind of looking past the day and looking to the future and just thinking yeah okay this is just a bad day tomorrow's a new day just start again (laughs) and you know kind of pinpointing okay if today was a bad day what made it a bad day and then seeing what you can do to fine-tune it solutions yeah Yeah. so I think that's possibly from my teacher training you know like if if you have, have a bad lesson you think what can I do differently next lesson and then yeah so always Always changing, always evaluating, always thinking. Yeah. So how do you not take that in? So a lot of women will have a bad day and they internalize it and go over it and over it and it becomes something that carries on for a long period of time. So how do you not get as emotionally attached to that bad day as what a lot of us do? I think I just focus on one day at a time. One day at a time. Yeah, so rather than thinking, oh, it's been a, a massively bad week, okay, bad day. Or bad week, not bad month, <laughs> or bad year, but just focusing on that small aspect of it, and then you can work out the percentage of your life that that is bad, and then it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, and so what effect does that have on your family and the people around you, the fact that you're always this positive, glowing person? Because whenever I see you, you're always smiling, you're always yeah, so pos- probably positive. probably annoying, <laughs> <laughs> especially if you're in, you're in a bad mood. Um, and you see me skipping around, but I, I do have my days, but, um, yeah, they're just days. Um, but yeah, I, li- I like to talk things out, which can really annoy my husband because he's, he internalizes his stress, whereas I, yeah, I'm the opposite, but we've worked it out. <laughs> yeah. And do you find that your energy rubs off on other people around you? Hopefully. <laughs> have you noticed? Um, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But also, yeah. Also, you can bring people down as well with your energy. As well. Yeah, I've noticed definitely. Absolutely. But if you're somebody that's always looking for the positive, you know, for the yeah. most part, yeah. you're, you're human, not, yeah, you yeah. know, but that you're always making an effort to stay positive, that you sort through the bad, you find the solution, tomorrow's a new day, let's get going again. Yeah. It's bound to have an effect on those people definitely. close to you. Yeah, and just, you know, like if you're hanging out with a lot of negative people, just say to them, like, what's what's one good thing that's happened today or what's one thing that you like about this situation you know and then you can kind of get that conversation a lot more positive but you need to have a rant every now and then like when I was a (laughs) stay-at-home mum like you go to friends houses and you need your rant but um yeah always have your rant and then think okay what can I do differently or what can change and yeah, that's such an amazing trait to to hold in yourself to be able to do that, and something that we can all learn from as well. So, what advice would you have for all the other women out there, the ones that are juggling life, work, exercise, eating well? What's your biggest piece of advice for all the women out there? Um, don't put so much pressure on yourself. You know, like if your kids have a an easy omelette for dinner one night, like it's not the end of the world. They're not gonna 
go to university and fail because they had chicken nuggets for one night, you know, like, <laughs> put it into perspective. Um, if you have to outsource a few things, then do it. If you, you know, if you're working and you've got, you've got that little bit more money coming in, well, if it's a cleaner once a week or if you get your groceries delivered to your house, you know, like, you're not showing your kids that you're lazy, you're showing your kids that you value your own time. Awesome advice. <laughs> that is amazing advice. Thank you so much for your time today, Steph. It's been really inspirational, actually, again, for me to listen and, and learn from you and to find out your sort of wisdoms as well. And I'm sure that everyone listening will be able to take a lot away. So thank you. You're welcome. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend, subscribe over on iTunes, Spotify or anywhere else you are listening. Leave a review and tag me on Instagram with your biggest takeaway from this conversation. What did you learn that you can apply to your own life starting today? The next thing you need to do is head straight to www.thehealthylife.co.nz to sign up to your free two-week trial of my home workout program, The Backyard Boot Camp to help you prioritize exercise into your own on-the-go life so that you can spend time for you, gain your energy back, and feel confident in your body. Have an outstanding day, and I'll see you in the next episode.